Lift up your Bibles. If you have your mobile Bibles or a digital one, lift it up and repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you will continue to speak to us. What a beautiful week. We experience the presence of God. And I pray as we start this week, we are expecting that the King of Glory will show up in more tangible ways. And you will be glorified, Lord, in and through us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the lines that keep on going on in my mind this week, as I was talking, is the whole concept of, you know, people we live in this world with a constant thinking like, what on earth I'm doing, you know? Why I'm living in this world? There's a lot of people have this um, mindset, like, what on earth I'm doing? Like, why should I live in this world? I remember growing up in a Pentecostal circle. I grew up I going to church every Sunday, and even the weekdays was packed with services. We have uh, Wednesdays, Bible studies, Thursdays, cottage prayer meeting, Fridays, fasting prayer. And I'm not a fasting guy. I'm a more a feasting guy, you know. And uh, fasting is not my cup of tea that time. Now I believe in fasting, and I encourage the church also to fast because it's one of the beautiful ways you can see the kingdom of God comes uh, in a tangible way. And fasting, by the way, is not starving. Fasting without prayer is starving. That's hunger strike. Fasting with prayer changes. Not God, it changes you. Okay? So that's the whole thing, I believe. But I grew up in that setup. And on Saturday, we have something called tearing meeting. I don't know what they were tearing. But actually, tearing is an old English where they just wait upon the Lord for the Sunday service. And Sunday, we have Bible study, and then morning service, evening service, and then, you know, all those stuff. So I grew up in a church setting where I thought, you know, I just, this is just what Christians do. But I never understood that I have a purpose in life. And I never understood that I have a unique role to play in this world. And we always live in this world of celebrities, especially in India, the chauvinistic mentality of idolizing someone and thinking this is how everyone should live like. And I believe that's exactly opposite to the, in the, in the word of God. You know, there is no chauvinistic person in the Bible. Jesus is the most normal Christian you will ever find in the Bible. Amen? So, I believe, you know, I'm not a pro-celebrity culture person. Everybody is equal, we play equal, we do our share, we get our job things done. So, that's why in Papa's house, we have that uh, basic foundation. If you look at the vision here, to save, heal, restore, train, equip, empower, young people in prominent places so they can bring transformation and kingdom culture. Most of our staff knows by heart because this is what we believe. To empower the young people, that's you, so that they can bring a transformation in kingdom culture in the areas wherever they are. So it's no more uh, like one person have it all and then he shows his mantras and then we just follow. It's God called in everyone. That's why Paul says in beautifully, we are a priesthood of believers. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are a priest in the eyes of God. Okay. I think some of you have neck pain. I'm going to pray for healing. So <clears throat> in Jesus name, be healed. Now turn again. See, now it works. Wow. You are a priest in the eyes of God. I didn't know that my prayers are that effective. Okay. <clears throat> this is just an intro of law versus uh, kingdom because religion controls and uh, 
kingdom empowers. That's why Jesus did not start a religion. In fact, the most opposing person to Jesus was the religious people. And who crucified Jesus? It was the religious people who crucified. So the difference here, the three questions I put down. So religion produces uncertain followers. Whereas relationship, the kingdom produce confident believers. For example, have you found God? If you ask a religious person, they say, I hope so. I'm trying my best. Which basically means they are just trying their best in order to see somehow they can get it. So that's why we have the chantings. That's why we have the... Listen, even in Christianity, if you have form without power, it becomes a religion. What is form without power? When you emphasize more on the discipline of doing things rather than the relationship of doing things, it becomes a religion. Say, for example, quiet time. You get up in the morning. I have to take quiet time, 5 o'clock. You're reading, you're disciplining yourself. So what do you put? You put your discipline above the relationship. I'm not saying it's nothing wrong in that, but when you put your discipline above, what you have is, you will not find joy in the breakthrough of prayer, you will find joy in the discipline of prayer. So second question here, it says, do you know God? Maybe, I guess so. Because there are so many gods, and there are so many self-made gods, nobody knows who is God. So it's in the world of so many gods, I don't know, maybe, but if you look at the relationship, the kingdom mindset, do you know God? Yes, he's my savior, my best friend. What makes Christianity, somebody said the word Christian, if you take the word Christian and you take the Christ out, all you have is I-A-N. No matter, Ian may be a good guy, if you don't have Christ, Ian cannot help you. Amen? Ian may be funny to hang around with, but Ian is not Christian. Christ in me, and many people think Jesus Christ means Jesus is the first name, Christ is the middle name. Or a last name. No, Jesus, listen, someone said like that, you know, Jesus Christ means it's a, Jesus is the first name, Christ is the last name, like me. I'm a Charles Victor, Victor is my last name. So people think that way. No, Jesus Christ, what do you mean? Jesus the anointed. That same Jesus the anointed lives inside of you. I ask Isaac, where Jesus lives? He pulls his t-shirt and he shows, he lives in me, daddy. Amen. Can you do that? You can put your hand here and you say, Jesus lives in me. Amen. That Christ anointed lives in you. That's why you can confidently say, he's my savior, but not just savior who saved you to take you out from hell to heaven, but he also gave you a mandate to build his kingdom on earth. There are two important principles you need to learn. One, responsibility. Another one is destiny. We always confuse that with responsibility and destiny. Heaven is my destiny, but building his kingdom on earth is my responsibility. Amen? Can we say this? Heaven is my destiny. Building his kingdom on earth is my responsibility. The religion, what it does, it always produces destiny-oriented people. They will say, they will leave the problem to the next generation. They will leave it there in such a way they say, okay, this belongs, the problem of now belongs to the future ones. Or they will say, these are the end times. So that they can rationalize in such a way, they don't deal with that, so they will focus on the destiny. But God says, you know what? I'm the one who calmed the storm. I'm the one who looked at the person who were there for 38 years in sick. I said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. You know, take your mat and walk. So I believe that kingdom person has a responsibility of bringing the presence of God 
on earth as it is in heaven. I was hearing this testimony. Dr. Bill Johnson was sharing in the prayer time when he was praying. There are three people came for bipolar, healing of bipolar. And they, they prayed. And then when the time of testimony comes, 30 people raised their hands and they gave testimonies. Said all of them heard. They were all healed. Those who heard, they got healed. What I am trying to say is the testimony, well, that's why I call people in the front to share. It's not to elevate anyone's name. It's the name of Jesus. When you don't know, when you open your mouth and share what God did, it brings such a freedom. That's why the Bible says in Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news, set the captives free. When you open your mouth, captives are free. Amen. The third one. Show me what's the assurance that you know God. I don't know. Perhaps there are things that I have done for him. Maybe one day, you know, that's what religion. Religion produces uncertain believers. They don't have any confidence. That's why it's a rut. It's a religious rut. You might have heard that phrase. It's a religious rut. Day in, day out. Day in, day out. You just keep doing it. One day you may attain the mukti. But if you look at the kingdom, yes, the blood of Jesus has cleansed me. No more condemnation. Amen. Hold the person next to you. Say this. You are covered by his blood. No one, including yourself, can condemn you. Sometimes we condemn ourselves. Hello? Oh, why you did this? You will never change. Make a covenant in your mouth. I will never curse what God has blessed. Amen. I will never curse what God has blessed. So this is still introduction. Let's keep going on. And for example, we keep talking about law, religion. Guilt and fear are the two main motivations. That's how they do. My grandmother was a travel agent who organized a lot of guilt trips. And she would organize so much wonderful guilt trips that if you eat on Sunday morning, because I grew up in a Pentecostal church where on Sunday morning everybody fast. And if you eat on Sunday morning before the service, oh Lord Jesus, you know, it's like suddenly, I mean, it could be the bad pizza you ate on Saturday gives you a stomach problem, but that won't be the natural cause. The natural cause you ate something on Sunday. That's why your stomach is paining. So the guilt trip, that's what the religion does. It produces in you the guilt and fear. Those are the two reasons why people going after the religious thing. They say, I have to do this, I have to do that. But whereas if you take the kingdom, love and friendship. You come here not to be blessed. You come here because you're already blessed. Amen? You come here, you have a friendship with your daddy. And the daddy knows you by name. And he loves you. And he is unconditionally loves you in such a way that you don't need to even put a mask. Hello? Anybody dated? Okay, you guys are such a holy people. My goodness. Okay, Sam, thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Yes, you dated me. Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering who's the one that, you know. Okay. Maybe I'm going to share. It's a revelation for some of you. But let me tell you. When you are dating on the first date, hello, first date, when you meet that person, what do you do? You don't go with your, you know, last night garlic mouth pizza. You brush, you, you put on your best appearance. Why? Because the goal of that person is 
to make sure that i am going to pretend in such a way that what they don't see my inner flaws i'm going to show what they need to see about me hello you have never done it you look so holy man i'm the sinner here anyway <clears throat> that's how people do right let me tell you when you come to daddy he knows everything deep in deep out everything you don't need to that's why without any any condemnation bible says in rome i think in hebrew it says come boldly to the throne of grace come boldly to the throne of grace so look at this again uncleanliness or unholiness is contagious holiness is not infectious remember in those days people will scream and say i am a leper don't touch me the jews they pray these three things every day they get up in the morning they thank god first they say thank god i am not a gentile thank god i am not a leper thank god i am not a woman hello this is a strong prayer of every jewish person they get up in the morning they thank god for this why the leper cannot enter into the church they come late into the synagogue and go early like the women women can never touch the torah according to the jewish tradition women can never touch a torah in fact one one rabbi his name was rabbi alzer i don't know whether he had alzer but is you know that guy said i would rather burn all the torah than teaching it to the women that's why the 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 judaism is nothing to do with christianity it's two different things why because the gap during the 400 years gap i'm giving a little history not deviating from the topic during the 400 years gap from the malachi to matthew you have only one white blank page but actually it's 400 years of gap in that 400 years of gap something emerged what is it called judaism that's why you will find new names like pharisee parasites and then sadducees you don't find them in the old testament the old testament you have scribes what are the scribes they are the copiers okay so you will find a new religion and in fact they came up with 613 laws and if you look at all the 613 and you can subtract it they have 100 laws for women not to do this 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 in fact women was not considered equal women was actually a place like a property for them and that's how we even smuggled that in our indian culture women still is not considered equally in the in the most majority of the world view here that's how we have facing that so if you look at it holiness is not contagious unholiness is contagious say for example if i am a leper and laluin is walking by say for example 10 feet i have to scream from the top of my lungs i am a leper i am a leper don't come closer why because holiness is not contagious unholiness is contagious so in case if she touches me she cannot worship the lord she has to go wash herself take some offering go to the priest sacrifice it and then only can enter change the scene new testament the lady was bleeding wow and in the midst of all those challenges she touched and and the disciples like were saying man everybody is touching you but jesus could realize there was a withdrawal of his power in the midst of what's my point in the new covenant holiness is contagious amen you walk into the room 
atmosphere changes why you are under the open heaven they may under the closed heaven but you are under the open heaven the bible says when jesus came out the bible says in isaiah 64 the same word it says rend open the heavens and pour down that same word is been given the lord opened the heaven the holy spirit came and sat in the form of a dove amen that jesus lives inside of you so everywhere you go don't say that i am living in the darkest place on the earth no you are there the heaven is open amen people say vellur is very dark brother don't be impressed about the darkness be impressed about who lives inside of you amen so let's go here religion god is an acquaintance yeah you know him you know him because you have paid some offering you have done stuff you know him because you have sacrificed it's all about what you have done but in the religion in the kingdom for another word is your papa is your best friend that you relax you know the greatest privilege that god has given you and me that we can call god our father no religion can give you that that's why this i call this christianity i don't call it even a religion why because it is doesn't conform into the activities of the religious code it is beyond religion it is a way of life amen i have four points you know i like to systematically think in such a way that you when you leave here you you don't just have a feeling you have something tangible so that you can put it in practice and at the same time you can teach others one of the ministry that god has called me is to equip the body of christ so that they can be sharp in their tongue so they can share the gospel if somebody one of your friends says i don't know why i'm on earth i'm living you say me too sometimes i feel the same so if you do that then the one who lives under the open heaven has no influence over the person who is not living under the open heaven so you need to have something ready the bible says you need to be ready to share the gospel so that's the ministry god has called me me and my wife we before we did this for the last 10 years i was doing an itinerant teacher so i would go around the world one of the ministry god has given us to go around the world to share the gospel so he has taken me to more than 100 countries to preach the gospel one of the reasons is to share such a way the body of christ can be encouraged so that they give the word when people are in need you know why because there are things that you only can do i cannot do as a pastor why because you are in the world meeting so many people around you full with darkness filled with confusion chaos religious spirit and you under the open heaven can able to share so this is my first point i am created by god for his pleasure can you turn to the person next to you and say you are created by god for his pleasure jeremiah 15 says before i formed you in in the womb i knew you before you were born i set you apart i appointed you as a prophet to the nations these two principle write it down more than you write it down on your note write it down in your heart to know god and to love god what is to know god it is the most important thing to know in life it is the most important thing to know in life above anything more than all the information junk you want to know the most important thing you need to know is god loves you amen and the most important thing to do in life is to love god these are the two principles i live by to know god and to love him there is nothing else everything falls apart for me secondary 
The first thing is, I want to know him. Paul says, I want to know him in the fullness of the measure that he has for me. So, are you knowing him fully? Or are you knowing him just every day? You know, I used to play book cricket. Have you ever played book cricket? The last benchers? Hello? Come on, guys. You look again holy to me. The book cricket. It's the most fun game, you know? And I used to make so much core on the book cricket. Not on the field, but on the book. Thank you, Abhishek, for appreciating that. <clears throat> you know, sometimes we think like that, book cricket. Lord, speak to me. Boom. And that's not going to work. It's so sad. You know, one guy wrote like that and it says, Judas hung on the cross. And then he said, Lord, this is not going to work. Let me do again. And it says, do not just hear the word, but do the word. So the first one was, hang on the tree. The second one, just don't hear it, do it. That's why we Christians are more depressed than the non-Christians. Why? Because we think this is like a magic book. I remember when I was 14 or 15, the first horror movie I watched, it's called House Number 13 in Tamil Padimunam Number Veedu. And my birthday is also 13. <laughs> and uh, I went to my mom, why you give birth on the 13th? I don't know. It was natural delivery. I watched a movie and I'm trying to fit that in. And the first thing I did that time, I had this James version, you know, the, thou, nothing you understand. It's just like, and I put that fat Bible next to my pillow. And that time we used to sleep on the floor and I was praying, sleeping. And my dad looked at me and said, oh, look at the son. He's holding the Bible and sleeping. Dad doesn't know my inner struggles. <laughs> it's because of the 13th number house, you know. And we think... This is like a magic book. We show it. And this is not a magic book. People say there are 40 authors. People say it's written by 1,500 years period time by three different languages, written by 40 authors. I disagree with that. It doesn't have 40 authors. It has 40 writers. One author, his name is Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen? So, when I came to realize this book is not a religious book, this book is a life. It made my life changed, you know. That's why I wrote down here, worship is to do with a relationship, rulership is to do with a mandate. What does that mean? Worship is giving God the number one position in your life. If Facebook takes your number one position, let me give you one little example. How you determine number one position? The first thing you get up in the morning, what do you check? You check your WhatsApp, you check your Facebook. Let me tell you, Seek his face and read the book. That's called Facebook. Hello? And more than you check your WhatsApp, God wants to say, Hey, what's up? That's the real deal. And I realized this. This is what one thing my wife knows. I turn my mobile data off when I go to bed. Why? Because the first thing I want to discipline myself, I, of course I grab myself and make myself a nice black coffee, strong because I want to worship the Lord with sober, not with my, you know, I'm going to sit there and then out of a sudden in the fifth minute I'm on the third heaven. You know, and Pastor Pillow, you know, I call BBC, Bedside Baptist uh, Church. So it's like the Pastor Pillow says, come my son, I'm going to give you dreams. So I never sit on the bed or, or lay down on the bed and pray. Why? Because comfort zone, nothing grows. I have to be in a conflict zone. Go there, turn the water, splash the water on your face and you change your comfort zone and you deliberate. Listen to me, write it down if you're making notes. Growth is intentional. 
growth is intentional if you wanted to grow in the lord it has to be intentional and it has to be measurable ignorance is generational growth is intentional that's why you and me are created by god for his pleasure god was not so bored he doesn't know what to do and he said father what can we do son said i don't know holy spirit what do you think maybe make some people send the devil and they will cry to us you do the cross thing no it was not out of the boredom god made the bible says he had perfect harmony that's why in the trinity of god father son and the holy spirit there is no competition there is complementation equal validity equal responsibility equal appreciation equal harmony where competition happens in the religious setting am i doing better your church is better how many people come to your church how many people go to your church how much your tithe you are receiving is your church ac or non ac right now it's going on like that you know are you going to give biryani after church is it mutton or chicken is it buffet or a la carte these are the things people are fallen into this crap i call them why because religion produces this kind of thing in the kingdom you are loved by god it's a pleasure to love you amen number 2 i am part of god's family that's why i'm on earth why are you on earth i am part of god's family say this after me i am part of god's family that's why i'm on earth galatians i guess 326 says for you are all sons of god through faith in jesus christ and what is family family consists of two things father mother you know i wrote down here if you see two things mother is the steadiness father is the foundation you need these two in any family guess what's the number one attack right now on the families why fatherless generation what happens no foundation no strength they don't know their identity fatherless generation that's why it's such a mess and then mother brings the steadiness these are two major principles in the body of christ and and if we don't emphasize this and i have tell you guys i have said this many of for for those who are here they know i i feel like i'm ranting this again and again for your for the first time i'll tell you this my first ministry starts there if i am a mess i'm a big fat zero to you why because this is just 40 minutes i do my show and get out my wife sees my good bad and ugly and if i am a mess there i'm no good to you somehow the men has created the ego culture in such a way we try to perform here and then leave let me tell you your ministry starts first in your family if my son and my daughter don't get the best father and you get the best pastor i am still a mess that's why i we eagerly desperately keep ourselves in such a way that the family is is number 1 it's important to have the steadiness and the foundation that's why the girl this is again it's very interesting the word foundation in hebrew means ab which means foundation and that's the same word it was used for a husband also so that's why when a girl gets married she changes her last name her last name was segara when she got married she changed her foundation to victor 
ஹலோ கமான் are you there so it's very important see i have a 2 year old daughter she is so gorgeous like her mother and listen and she is only 2 years now she is getting nurtured in the foundation i am our foundation we are the foundation she is getting nurtured 2 years 12 years 15 years 18 years and then she is going to you know say daddy i like this guy i'm already thinking about getting a gun license you know <laughs> in india there is a possibility to get a gun license you know and um, <clears throat> i looked into that but anyway but i'm not going into the detail of it but <clears throat> and then around 22 she comes and says by the way this evening dad this guy is going to take me out shakalanda <clears throat> marara what i'm looking at i'm not looking at the guy i'm looking at man she is here in this foundation strong if she is going to go and stand on someone's foundation what's my first question is that foundation strong like mine hello that's why girls single girls if your dad ask about your the guy you like so many times tell me more about him tell me more about him what is he meaning is this foundation that that i have is as strong as mine suddenly i feel like i'm alone in this can somebody say amen? amen it's two important things i am part of god's family that's why we don't call this as a church we don't have in papa's house we don't have membership why membership is for institution here you are a family hello i am your anna or your thambi if you are older that's it for some of you i could be a thambi for some of you i could be a anna that's it we work together everyone is equal we are seated next to christ ephesians 2:6 amen my position is not determined by my function my position and my authority comes where i am rooted in christ let's keep going two more points and <clears throat> why i am on earth i am created to be like jesus this is a very fabulous scripture i don't know whether you read this john john writes some of the beautiful way he articulates it john 17 by the way we don't have time that's why i'm i'm just giving you a patch of the 17 please do yourself a favor go home read john chapter 17 the entire one it will blow your mind here let me read couple of verses for you and all who are mine this is who is saying jesus was saying all who are mine belong to you you have given them to me so they may bring glory now i am departing from the world he's talking to the father he's talking but at the same time he's praying about the people okay so they are staying in this world who are they the disciples the one he influenced for 3 years but i am coming to you holy father you have given me your name now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are what a powerful statement jesus is making here he's saying the unity in the body of christ can bring a deliverance in the world someone said only a united body of christ can bring healing to a divided world amen if i am divided in the spirit how can i bring healing in the body if i am criticizing about another pastor don't go there oh if you go there that's very wrong if i am criticizing about a fellow pastor if i am criticizing about there are some friends of mine are running pastor jacob for example collins is a good friend of mine 
Emmanuel Paul, he runs another church here, Zion. They are good friends of mine. If I constantly keep saying, oh, you know what, uh, don't go to Collins, he's gonna, you know, do something. And go, don't go to Emmanuel, don't do this, come here. If I am criticizing about my fellow friends, I can't bring any fruit in this. One of the things Papa's house, God spoke to us, we wrote down, God said, when they come inside Papa's house, celebrate. When they go, celebrate. Amen? So, when they come, we celebrate. Wow, I'm glad you are here. You're going? We're not going to say, the Lord is going to touch you. No, we celebrate. Why? Because it's the end of the day. It's His kingdom. Come on, guys. Are you awake? Amen? So, we are not here to criticize one another. Make this as a solid foundation in your mind. You know, that's why I always say, if somebody says, you know how you find out is a person who is religious, they will always say good stuff and then they will say, but. Have you heard that? Dr. Pranit is good, but. If you heard the word but, you got to move your butt. <laughs> move somewhere else. You don't stay there. You know why? Holy Spirit never lives in the midst of gossip. Thank you. You know, that's a real big challenge here. So I have a policy, you know, people have said many things, I don't care. I've heard that, I don't care. You know, they say, oh, this is a modern church, modern church, the, the morale is very loose. You know what, you can have a jeans pant, even jeans pant that is torn, that does not mean your morale is loose. You are called to live a holy life. My best example for morality is Jesus. Amen. He was hanging out in the pub, but he never got drunk. He didn't say, you drunkard. He was hanging out in the pub. And he was among the, you know, he was among the smoke chambers, but the smoke, the glory of God was greater than the smoke. Amen. I'm on a preachy mood, man. <laughs> Amen. Very rarely I go into that. <clears throat> so, unity. You have to guard your hearts. Never allow anyone to condemn yourself or to talk bad about others. Celebrate. Amen. That's one of the reasons. Jesus you know, someone come and said, came to Jesus and said, Hey, these guys are casting demons in your name. We should stop them. Have you heard the story? What did Jesus say? Yeah, go and stop them. Shut their mouth. Make it in such a way that you, they will never open their mouth. What did he say? If they are not against us, they're for us. Celebrate. Celebrate. Don't just, oh, that's wrong. This is bad. You know what? You go to a restaurant, right? You eat one particular food. And you don't like, you don't stop eating, right? Hello? Oh, I'm never going to eat anymore. Will you do that? What do you do? You're going to try somewhere else. Keep trying until you find your own cousin that likes you. Like for example, I like Chinatown. There's one place we go almost to every two weeks once. Yeah. We go, why? Because I like the soup there. You know, I like the tandoori there. Why? Because I want to go there. I'm not going to say, oh, soup is not good. So I'm never going to eat soup, brother. I'm waiting for the Jesus to come back. You try. That's the same way. You come to Papa's house, you find your see, you find your motive, you find your connected ear, you stay rooted. Yes. If you don't like it, don't just say, I'm not going to go to church. All pastors are hypocrites. That's rubbish. That's nonsense. Move forward. Find somewhere. Get grounded. Grow. Multiply. Produce. Be the kingdom of God. Amen? The last but not the least. Why am I on earth? 
I am uniquely designed by God to serve him in the nations. That's why I'm on earth. I am uniquely designed. That means you are not a copycat. Hello? I am uniquely designed. That means there is only out of 7 billion people, there is only one person like me. That's me. That's it. Nobody else is like you. Put your hand like this. You? Some of you have a problem with your hand. You are a masterpiece. You are so unique. You got to look into your mirror every day and you get in the morning. You are going to say, you good looking thing, no one is like you. Hello? You going to do it? Do it for the next 30 days. Every morning when you get up in the morning, when even your hair looks like Sai Baba, you go and stand there and you say, you good looking thing, no one is like you. I am uniquely designed. Look at this verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 6. Now these are, this again, the chapter 12, I am just picking up few words. The entire chapter 12 talks about the gifts. You know, now there are variety of gifts. So everybody say variety. But the same spirit. Everybody say same but there are variety of ministries, but the same Lord. There are variety of effects, but the same God who works all things in all person. What a beautiful verse. What does that mean? You can never do my job. I can never do your job. But together, we can do God's job. Amen? No one have it all together. But together, we have it all together. Amen? That's a good one. It just came out now. You can tweet it. Put my name. I'm on Twitter also. So, everyone is unique. That means nobody can copycat you. Don't compare. Oh, this guy is singing very nicely. I am not a singing person. I do sing, but my location is different. It's bathroom. My wife sings. Our location is here. That means I know what's my gifting are. My gifting is to motivate people. My gifting is to take the word, break it in bit-sized pieces so that they can get it easily. So when you get out of the papa's house, you know it's easy. Something sticks in your mind. That's my gift. There are gifts for other people. They are people person, organizers. You know, there are lots of gifts. In the, in the church, usually we talk about the nine gifts, the spirit of wisdom, knowledge, and, you know, that's, they call it spiritual gift or they call it charismatic gifts. But if you read Romans chapter 12, there are another eight more gifts are there. The gift of service, the gift of hospitality, the gift of giving, the gift of helping, the gift of administration. Anybody is good in numbers? Administration? That's part of your gifts. That's important. I suck in details. That's why I married my wife. That's how you need to figure it out. You need to figure out what's your gifts and you complement with one another. In the body of Christ, there is no competition. It's complementation. Amen? So that's why you are so unique. Every single time, find out this. And how do you find out your gifts? Sometimes people say, oh, I don't sing like this. I don't do like this. What you are doing is, you are comparing yourself. And you don't see what you have in you. Ask your best friend. They will tell you what your gifts are. They will tell you they are good and bad and ugly. You take the good, forget the bad and the ugly. And embrace that. Ask the Holy Spirit. He's the GPS. What is GPS? God's power system. He lives inside of you. He tells you. He guides you. He leads you. Amen? 
So why am I on earth? I am uniquely designed by God to serve Him in the nations. I use the word nations. Why? Because I grew up in a small village down from here, an hour from here. It's a small village called Polur, and nobody has traveled from Polur to go to the nations. And when I was 18 years old, that was more than 18 years ago, and uh, the Lord told me, "You will go to every single nation and preach the gospel." I said, "Lord." Maybe you have a short sight problem or something, you know. You picked a wrong guy. You could choose somebody else. That time I don't even speak the language that I'm talking to you now. But the Lord said one thing. Deep down in my heart, I was the eldest son in my family. I have to take care of my father's business. But he said, Charles, if you take care of my business, I will take care of yours. And with that word, I stepped out in faith. The first nation God took me was South Africa. and since then the journey became adventurous i had even a privilege of smuggling bibles to china it was beautiful to see there you know it's not so beautiful that time when i was caught by the cops my knees were fellowshipping you know and <laughs> but now you could look at it and say wow you know from nowhere obscurity that's why i always say if god can choose a person from a obscure village from nowhere in south tamil nadu and use him in the nations god can use you amen all you need to do is available god is not looking for a person who is capable god is looking for a person who is available in your heart so let's look at this four again i am created by god for his pleasure i am created by god because i am part of god's family i am created to be like jesus the best compliment guys you can receive the best compliment the guys not your six pack i have a combo offer you know 6 in 1 but <laughs> but the best compliment you can have is not like oh your six pack oh your hair is so silky your eyes are so blue that's not the best compliment the best compliment is when people look at you and say i see jesus in you amen and last but not the least i am uniquely designed by god to serve him in the nation you are one of a kind in this world amen so be equipped with this and when you go out i want you to share this no reason why we have this so detailed on the screen so that you can take notes and you can go and share you can go and teach to other people you can go and say you know what hey i don't know why i'm living you know why you are living because you want to be like jesus you know why you are here because you have a destiny in this world share equip i believe this i am a strong believer only the sheep produces sheep i have never seen a shepherd producing sheep i don't know in kerala shepherd produces sheep i don't know that would be so weird stop your imagination <laughs> stop it right there okay it is your job to go and share the gospel don't leave it into the hands of the elites you know when my friend brought me this I was on my knees I said Lord I don't care if I need my hands free phone or whatever my prayer is when Peter stood up and he shared on the day of Pentecost their hearts were rent open and they said what should I do to come to know the Lord Jesus that's my prayer we don't care all this technology one day is going to pass away what's going to stand it's your heart commitment to the Lord amen so why don't we stand up we're going to sing one worship song